Welcome to the Interesting Football Podcast. My name is Laurie Knox and I'm joined by former Hauling Miners right back Simon Day as we attempt to uncover the most interesting club in English football. Each week we'll bring you the three most interesting facts about one club, their most bizarre fan and Simon will attempt to beat par in our one minute quiz. Simon Day, how are you? But more importantly, what are your first thoughts when you hear the name Arsenal? I'm excellent. And my first thoughts when I hear the word Arsenal is that Arsenal versus West Ham in 1985 was my first ever football match. We're, we're the same age at school. You were what, five when you went to football. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I think I was 11. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't like on the North Bank starting chants <laughs> or anything. But yeah, my, my dad took me to Arsenal West Ham. Do you um, have any memories of that? My brain sang it was a nil-nil draw. Oh, um, I, wonder, I wonder what Google says. Okay. I, I think, I mean, I can't remember this, but I'm pretty sure around that time, the likes of sort of Frank McAvenny and Charlie Nicholas would have been playing. So my dad wanted me to have strong role models at that age. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, for me and for, well, all Sheffield Wednesday fans of my vintage, oh, no. I mean, Arsenal, yeah, two, two cups in one season, obviously, 92-93 season. It promised so much. Um, it was a massive thorn in my childhood. Um, and as a personal memory from those, I actually went to the first FA final that year because, of course, there were replays back then. I went to the draw, the 1-1 game, but I was in the Arsenal end, so it was, it was, it was a funny day. Um, and, yeah, I remember the FA Cup final replay when Waddle equalised. Um, one of the only times I've been conscious, not drunk, and I've lost about 10 seconds of my life. In the, I remember Waddle scoring, and the <laughs> next thing, I was jumping around in the front garden, waving my Wembley flag. I couldn't actually <laughs> couldn't actually remember getting it. I assume I ran down the stairs rather than jumped out the window. But it, I, know, I, I lost myself for a second, but there we go. And then it all went wrong. It did indeed, it did indeed. Let's, uh, let's move on to that from, before I start crying. So, uh, Simon Day, we're going to see who are the most interesting football club in England. Um, the three facts, uh, well, let's hear the first of your three facts for Arsenal. Well, as soon as Arsenal first, I quite fancy their chances of sort of, of taking this lineal title at the first time of asking. Um, yeah. But uh, fact number one about Arsenal is that Arsenal were involved in the first ever live radio, live football match to be broadcast on the radio. They're involved in the first game to be broadcast live on TV and they're involved in the first game ever to be broadcast live in 3D on TV. Yeah, it was in 2010 against Manchester United. Um, I don't know the result. Um, and it was, it was kind of, it was before Sky came up with um, the 3D channel and they started broadcasting a load of games in 3D. And that was kind of, this was kind of the pilot for that. Because there was a period around that time where there was a lot of football and other stuff and films. And I think the Ryder Cup was in 3D. Do, do was... they still do that anymore? No, they quietly mothballed, mothballed it a few years ago because it's stupid, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've watched one movie at the cinema, maybe two with the 3D glasses. And I, every 10 minutes, I just had to take the glasses off, blink 100 times in 10 seconds yeah. and then put them on again and sit in pain. Um, yeah, well, this is the problem, isn't it? Three three D is never going to take off until you don't have to wear the glasses, right? Until you have got your Oculus headset or whatever they're called. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I, I dare say there will be a time in like ten years' time when someone like, let's say, Amazon decide to have another bash at the three D thing because this, this twenty ten venture wasn't the first time, was it? No, no, there was like three D films in the eighties. 
Yeah, I think Nightmare on Elm Street 5, I seem to think, as being the, the first big one that I remember anyway. Oh, I put Jaws 3 with Jaws 3D. Um, that came out in 3D. Um, there was, a, I think, one of the Halloween ones. Sorry, not one of the Halloween. One of the Friday the 13th ones might have been in 3D right. as well. Because uh, see, horror lends itself to that sort of thing. Because the only film I've seen at the cinema in 3D was one of the Final Destination films, where it could sort of use the 3D effects for the for the elaborate deaths. Um, so that kind of worked quite well. But I wonder whether format, you actually need it though, because you know, with the IMAX theatre, all of that kind of stuff, where you mm-hmm. have it kind of overhead going around the side, the sounds, or you know, I mean, how much more is 3D really adding to the experience, and obviously a, a personal cost. Well, like, yeah, well, I mean, certainly in a football match, it doesn't add anything, does it? No, no. In, in fact, I, I'd argue it's a distraction. Right. Yeah, so Arsenal Pioneers, you said in radio, TV, and then in 3D. They weren't pioneers of the Premier League. Do you remember the first ever Premier League match on Sky? Um, oh, I, did, I, I can't remember the game, but I think the Shaman performed live at half-time. That was the, no, the Sunday game was the was Forest beating Liverpool 1-0, I think. But but yeah, the, the the first Monday night football that was a QPR game where the Shaman played. Yeah, either good. <laughs> was it Ebenezer? Oh, I, I couldn't remember. I, I couldn't remember. It was Ebenezer Good or Bostrom or Love Sex Intelligence. No, I, 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 another, I, that's the end of my Shaman knowledge. But yeah, I just wanted to say Ebenezer Good. I can't actually remember the set they played. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> set. Um, <laughs> Surely just one song. And wasn't there like the Sky Strikers as well? They were the um, cheerleaders, weren't they? I bet that. I bet they were terrible. I don't, um, yeah. I, I know. I just I think when you see things like the Beijing Olympics and um, everybody, you know, how, how well choreographed it all is. And then when you yeah. see things like cheerleaders and English football, oh, it's a little well, bit embarrassing, isn't it? It's uh... Yeah, see also the NFL. When you see the cheerleaders in the NFL and they're proper like gymnasts. Right. And then it's a sport, you... isn't it? Like, they'll, they'll go to university. What, what sport yeah. is it? I, I, I was doing cheerleading for four years. Absolutely. Yeah. They used to have cheerleaders at Gillingham. Right. They were called G-Force. G-Force. I, I was about to go for the Gillettes. Then I just realised there's a... <laughs> And I realised there was a... um, yeah, no, no G force, which was right. I think I think um, they they literally did used to just stand either side of the players when they come out and wave the pom poms, and that was it. I can imagine. I think yeah, I'm pretty sure Wednesday've had something similar. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, anyway, it's thankfully dying a death that one in football. But uh, okay, so there we go. For a decent start to the fact, Arsenal. Yeah, pioneers. I mean, they've been in the top division longer than anyone else, I believe. Um, yeah. So yeah, pioneers in uh, in football media. And now we go on to our one minute quiz. Um, so the one minute quiz. Here's what we're going to do. We're I'm going to set Simon Day a Ah, uh, so we've got, for example, this week we have 13 correct answers. Par is going to be nine. Um, if Simon gets nine a- answers right, uh, he, it's a draw. If he gets fewer than nine, I win. If he gets more than nine, he wins. And this week's one-minute quiz is about Arsenal's top goal scorers. So since the 1987-88 season, 13 men have been top scorer for Arsenal um, both league and cup competitions. So 13 correct answers. Simon Day, you have 60 seconds to um, get as many as you can. Good luck. Time starts now. Does that include this season? 
Uh, <laughs> okay, let me start the time again. 87382, the end of last season. Your time. Not that, I know, not that I know who it is this season, but um, okay. fair enough. Um, Let's go, go for it. Uh, Thierry Henry. Yes. Robin Van Persie. Yes. Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. There's four. No, sorry, three. Three, three. Uh, Ian Wright must have been. Of course, yeah, I think it's about six or seven in a row. Um, if a Bamiyang was, I'm guessing Lacazette was been at some point. Lacazette was indeed. Yeah, we're on five now. Decent start. Thirty-eight seconds to go. So, when did the Premier League start? Money on Alan Smith back then. Alan Smith, eighty-seven, twenty-eight. So that takes us up to ninety-six. Alan Smith and Ian Wright top scored every season till ninety-six. And then after that, this. Seen. Bergkamp must have been one of the Bergkamp, seasons. Bergkamp, your lookalike. He was one of the kids, yeah. Not, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Fair enough. You've got 15 uh, seconds left. Two, oh, two right. to get part. Hang on then. So there's a, bit, there's a big after Van Persie. There's a big sort of gap. Oh, um, um, the big, uh, Emmanuel Adebayor. The, yes, there's number eight. F- four seconds to go. Um, um, and we're out of time. We're all out of time. Right. Um, that is, just to confirm, one, two, you've got Smith, Wright, Bergkamp, uh, Henri, Van Persie, Adibayor, Lacazette and Aubameyang. That is eight. You are one below par. Oh, I am and the I'm... champion. You yes. missed out uh, oh, wow. Nicola and Nelka. Yeah, I just thought of him. It's too late. Fabrega, uh, one I don't think you would have got. I certainly would not have got this. Theo Walcott was a top scorer um, yeah, at I Arsenal one season. Theo Walcott's in his 30s now, isn't he? Is he right? I find that weird. He's always 17 to me. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Adams was the one from our youth because Tony Adams, I think he got in the England setup really young, didn't he? I felt like Tony Adams was just like always 26. Uh, But there we go. Uh, So Walker, we've got uh, Giroud uh, and Alexis Sanchez. There we go. Those are the uh, the few you missed. But decent effort, decent effort. Uh, we'll we'll play again next week at Aston Villa. So um, that takes us on to the uh, to the second fact. The second fact is Thierry Henry signed for Arsenal after bumping into Arsene Wenger at, at a Huey Lewis in the News gig. See, this is the kind of fact I want. This is this is an absolute beauty. Uh, yeah. do, do we have any more details on that? Very hard to find. Um, it, it, it basically. The signing was a bit out of the blue, and Henri, um, who was at Juve at the time, was lined up with quite a few of the big clubs in Europe. And then out of the blue, he bumped into Arsene Wenger at Huey Lewis the news gig backstage, presumably. Well, well, I, I don't think they were like in the mosh. I, don't, I can't imagine it was a mosh pit here, Huey Lewis in the news gig. Um, but I can't imagine they were near the front. Um, they're these people who turn up like four hours before a gig just to get at the front. And, and Arsene and Thierry were stood next to each other. Uh, but anyway, they had a chat and one thing led to another and Thierry Henry signed for Arsenal and was probably, until Ronaldo pitched up, was probably the best ever player in the Premier League. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'd say Henri, for me, it, in terms of as they fit into a team, yeah, po- possibly up there with the uh, best player I've ever seen. He was just perfect for that Arsenal team. But a really good example of the kind of player who's perfect for a setup. But, you know, was he ever quite uh, anywhere near his level or anywhere else other than Arsenal? You know, for example, I think if you put Thierry Henry in the Gillingham team, would he still be smashing in 30 goals a season? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so sure. You know, for me, like, I That's think Henry was... No, no, he would. You think? Even now, he would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is nonsense. No, See, no, I, no, I, I, yeah, because I think obviously he wouldn't get the chances. 
Uh, obviously, you could say the pitches are a bit inferior. He probably get fouled quite a lot. I'm thinking about yeah. the service more. For me, it's about the. I mean, like he'd have to go and get it. He'd have to go and get it. He wouldn't get any service. He'd have to just drop back into midfield to get the ball. Right. Mm. Yeah, the mm. service would be woeful. Okay, maybe um, maybe maybe getting thirty goals season Gillian was a bad example, but would he be would he be anywhere? Was he ever anywhere as good? Uh, well, he did without... pretty well for France, didn't he? Let's be fair, and he did a lot of Barcelona afterwards. But Arsenal yeah. was like Arsenal was just a perfect fit for him, right? Yeah, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Sorry, I'm not trying to say he was a bad player. He did he did okay <laughs> elsewhere. Episode one, but Thierry uh... <laughs> No, no, I mean, but at Arsenal, he he went from being a good player to I, I'm like, up there with the best I've ever seen. Uh, do you remember when um, you were probably living in South Korea at the time when Sky signed Thierry Henry to be a pundit? I do not. Right, yeah, I think it was around the time. I mean, it was around the time you were out of the country. And it was like the hype around it was in the same way they hype like an Anthony Joshua fight or the Ryder Cup <laughs> or something. It was like Henri is coming for about two months before he actually turned up. Nice. This, this was like this was like their their 3D basically. This was changing the landscape of football broadcasting. I mean, and then Thierry Henry pitched up, and he weren't all that really. I was going to say because Henri is like he's clearly a really bright guy who kind yeah. of like, um, you know I could I could imagine why they'd get excited about it but at the same time he's not he's never really had that kind of celebrity status of your Ronaldo's or or uh, even a Jack Grealish I think in the British media probably gets <laughs> yeah. more attention than you are so I can't imagine no like building your no matter how good he is you're not going to turn do you, have you ever turned into a football match just because of all the, who the pundit is. No, I mean, I think probably in the past, maybe if there's a Sheffield Wednesday um, connection, I would have done. But obviously, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, so, yeah, that's that's going to be a no for me. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. I mean, I, anyway. I quite like some pundits. I quite like Roy Keane and I quite like... Um, that's pretty Actually, actually. there's a good shout. Richards and Keane, when they're on together, if I I mean, if I knew about it, if you said to me, oh, Richards and Keane are on the Sky or B, BT right now, mm. yeah, I'd probably tune in because they're, they're quite good value for money. They are quite good value for uh, money. Going back to Huey Lewis and the news, uh, <laughs> yes. here's, a, here's a comment. Um, do you think this is just a cover story because Wenger tapped him when he shouldn't have been? Quite, quite, quite. I suppose that one. It, and it's such a left-field cover story that like no one's going to question it. <laughs> I mean, you know, quite often, well, you know, the whole thing, when, when it seems too good to be true, when it seems like Arsene Wenger just bumped into Thierry Henry and a Huey Lewis of the news. I mean, if it seems too good to be true, normally, I know, I'm, I'm just going to throw that one out there. I mean, we're keeping this as our fact. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a great fact, but uh, I'm just going to I'm just gonna put a little bit of suspicion in there. Uh, no, I, I buy Sorry, it. Just not, I, I, they, they both seem like I, the sort I, of people who might like Huey Lewis in the news for some reason. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge boxing fan, right? And mm. everything about boxing is shady. Like, then every yeah. time somebody, oh, he's out injured. Oh, no, he's, he's, he came off his drug cycle or what have you, and the testers are coming. You know, like, nothing's ever as it seems. Yeah. Um, so, you know, f- forgive me. Forgive me for my, uh, my cynicism. Do you know what? You know, yeah, briefly to mention boxing, you know what annoys me about boxing more than anything about boxing? Rematches. Rematches. It's the only okay. sport where you get. It's the only sport where you get a rematch. Mm. It's not like it's not like old Chelsea beat Man City in the Champions League final, but Pep Guardiola putting a rematch clause into the match. So like two weeks time, they're going to do it all again. It's not. It's like Usyk beat Joshua fair and square, didn't they? 
He did. He did indeed. Fair yeah. Enough. It wasn't like there was no... I, I kind of get it. Maybe if it's a split decision, okay, or it's sort of a... It ends because of a cut or something, then I'll buy that. But if, if one fighter has beaten another fighter, fair and square, comprehensively, what, why is the loser entitled to a rematch? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from there. And on that subject, kind of like boxing contracts, you know about Nigel Benn, Chris Eubank, for their second fight, Don King promoted it. And mm. the, um, the, the winner would then come under, Don, would be part of Don King's stable. That was the deal. Okay. And uh, it turned out to be a draw. But Don King, of all people, hadn't thought about that, hadn't put it in the contracts. So they both walked away free from Don King. There we go. Um, the other thought Don King would have put it in the contract that that meant they both had to join him. <laughs> you'd think so. You'd think so. From somebody who's killed people, you think he's a bit more savvy than that. But uh, yeah, there we amateur. Go. amateur. Um, okay. So this, uh, this is awesome. This is a strong start. You know, I think the other 19 Premier League clubs are going to struggle to beat this so far. But uh, oh, I say that. Wait till you hear the bizarre fan. So Arsenal, um, I feel like Arsenal got quite a lot of famous, quite a lot of celebrity fans, like hardcore fans. That's maybe just biased because I keep thinking of the Nick Hornby novel. But um, without a doubt, their most bizarre fan has to be um, a certain Mr. Osama bin Laden, who um, apparently when he was a student in London, he used to regularly go and sit in the clock end at Highbury. Um, I mean, Brilliant. in terms of bizarre fans, I think we might as well just uh, shut up shop now and go because we're not going to beat that, are we? Unless we discover that like Harold Shipman was a Burnley season ticket holder <laughs> or something like that. Mother Teresa um, at Millwall, something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're struggling to beat this, aren't we? Um, yes. I mean, so yeah, because he he's not, it's also this isn't one of those. Oh yeah, he follows Arsenal. Type things. Is it he? He was a legit supporter. He used to go to matches. Apparently so. Yeah. Apparently. So. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm going to be strict to this bizarre fan. I'm not going to have any of these. Uh, oh, somebody wore an Arsenal shirt. For, no, no. This this guy actually went to the, sat in the clock end, the fabled clock end. Uh, you won't be accepted. And now his family for Fulham. I won't be accepted. Uh, no, probably no, not. Mark probably not. not a Fulham fan. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I find but, this um, Osama bin Laden. Right. He was a student in London. Yeah. So do you think then there are some people kicking around at the minute in London, say, who were mates with Osama bin Laden when he was at university? <laughs> I suppose there must have been, yeah. Or go, go to matches with him. Oh, yeah. That's mad, Imagine isn't having it? that and you're flicking through your iPhone photos. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's my daughter on the beach. That's me and Osama at the clock end. It's yeah. A... But it really stands to reason, doesn't it? It does, it does. And another fun yeah. fact is that uh, the bin Laden family now fund Sheffield United. Or, uh, they, they? They, they lent well. They lent money to Sheffield United. Although to be fair, you know it's obviously a big family, and he's he's the black sheep of the family. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very, very uh, much so. Also, the other the other fun Osama bin Laden fact is his height, isn't it? Yeah, six seven, isn't he? Six or seven. Is he a, a crouchy of, of a That's, man. Uh, um, I'd be sticking at centre back personally if he. If it was one of those Roy the Rovers situations, somebody gets injured and they are somebody in the crowd, and Osama bin Laden puts his hand up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're, you're centre back, mate. He's good at defending his territory, isn't he? Um, <laughs> well, but also, if you're in the clock end, you don't want to be sat behind Osama, do you? You're um, gonna, you ain't going to get much of a view. No, no, this is true, true. Especially if he's got a backpack on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, but so yeah, I, I think you'll struggle to beat Osama bin Laden as a bizarre fan. 
Yes, yes. I, I'm glad he, he gets your thumb, thumb of approval there <laughs> for a bizarre fad. The official and, verdict is a thumbs up for Summer Bin Laden. I don't envy you now, Mr. Day, because uh, you've now got fact three and it's, it's just going to be, it's just going to pale into insignificance after that. This is a bit of a come down, yeah. In um 1928 game between Arsenal and Sheffield Wednesday was the first ever match to feature shirt numbers. Ooh. Uh, weirdly, okay. Arsenal wore shirt numbers 1 to 11 and Sheffield Wednesday wore shirt numbers 12 to 22. That is interesting. And you know what? I seem to remember that the 93 League Cup final, previously mentioned Steve Morrow and all that, hmm. um, was the first game in English football to have shirt to have names on the back of the shirt. So they actually had squad numbers, as in like Wednesday had players who were like number number twelve starting the match, which never happened at that time. It was always one to eleven, wasn't it? Back back yes. in back in those days, um, yeah. And so they also had yeah they had squad numbers and names. So there we go, Arsenal Trailblazers again. That see that was that was like a proper sort of marketing step forward for football clubs, wasn't it? When you could right. start having names and numbers on the back of shirts. How, how do you feel about that? Do you think do you, do you hark back to the days of one to eleven, or what do you think? Couldn't care less. That, that honestly, it, <laughs> that falls into the. If I gave my opinion, it would be really false. I, I, honestly, I've no, I couldn't tell you at Gillingham who wears what shirt number apart from the goalkeeper. It, it's not in my. Fair enough. I couldn't care less. Although on the subject of shirt numbers, one thing we can all agree is that retiring shirt numbers is an absolute joke. Uh, I say is no. It's, it yes. was a great move when like West Ham did it when Bobby Moore died. Okay, there you go. Bobby Moore, Mr. West Ham United, the only uh, captain ever to win a World Cup for England. I, I completely get why West Ham would retire that shirt number. Club legend, you know, he after his death, right? But yes. then you get, and the, the most obvious one here is Jude Bellingham at Birmingham. <laughs> Playing, what yes. was it, 20 matches? Yeah, and he was 17 when they retired his shirt number. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. that... If he breaks his leg and never comes back, is never any good. They're just—I mean—they're just going to unretire it, aren't they? Quietly unretire it in a couple of years, if that were to happen. I mean, there was a famous case of um, an unretiring of a shirt when um, when Raoul went to Schalke at the back end of his career. He um, he had a couple of really good seasons there, and they retired his shirt. I'm assuming he kept the number seven shirt. They, mm. Schalke retired his shirt. <laughs> For a year, until another player came along and wanted to wear number seven, so they unretired <laughs> it for him. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, yeah. You don't really I'm, followed it through there, have you? No, I mean even you know I think even like Wednesday legends of my youth, Des Walker, Chris Waddle, Sheridan Hurst. I mean, I wouldn't want their shirt numbers retired. No, I mean, it's just, I mean. I mean, if one if one of them had played for the club for fifteen years and I, I know then went on to Matt, I know, but no, I still wouldn't want it. You know, there there are very you know Bobby Moore's the only one off the top of my head who I think, yeah, you know what, that's spot on. That's a great move her uh, doing that. Yeah, the rest so of this, them, a load of nonsense. So this shirt number thing, uh, this was nineteen twenty eight, and it was one of Herbert Chapman's. He was the Arsenal manager at the time. It was one of his innovations, right? Um, and he was sort of he was one of the very first actual football managers rather than it being done by committee or, I don't know, how else football teams used to get picked. But yeah, he was legit manager and he was very hands-on. So yeah, he's going to be famous for being a, an innovator, right? Yes, yeah, so he introduced loads of stuff. He, he was one of the innovators of floodlights in football. Damn. 
football grounds. He was one of the first English managers to sign black and foreign players. Um, he even arranged for the local tube station to be changed names to Arsenal to try and attract more fans. Oh, um, that's a good fact. I like that one too. We're, we're getting bonus, bonus facts, facts here. He, designed, he helped design the scoreboard and the turnstiles at Highbury. Okay. Yeah, okay. So it was like it, it was, he was... He was always banging on the chairman's door. Was like, "Yeah, I've got another idea." Chairman. And they, surely Arsenal have still got some sort of memorial. I mean, is that has have they got a stand named after him or anything like that? Well, yeah, this is the thing, though, isn't it? These sort of new grounds, they don't have stands, do they? Surely they still have particular end. I mean, if you get, a they might have an end. You, know you might have an end. Are, you have bowls, aren't they? You know, you, there's, there's no sort of um, there's not four different. Stands are there? It's just one continuous bowl. So Herbert, Ch- I'm sure there's some. There's probably this Herbert Chapman executive suite or something, isn't there? Or the right. Okay. Or, or there be a Herbert Chapman burger you can buy at the. Yeah, maybe. It's good. I always thought. Yeah, I've just got uh, the Arsenal Stadium map. I see yellow quadrant, orange quadrant, blue. But you know, I remember. You know, didn't, isn't the the Etihad? Didn't that have that had end names? Didn't it? Because there was obviously the Colin Bell controversy. Oh, the Bell End, yeah, um, yes. yeah. That's not quite a bowl though, there, Tiad. I think I think that's sort of that was a bit earlier. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's not, but that's almost like twenty years old, the Etihad. I think. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Yes, I think it was built for the Commonwealth Games in like right. 2003, I think. So it was. Um, so it was. So oh, this is news from. I did not realise bowls. I, I just assumed they would have um, just ends. Oh, okay. This is this think, is news well, to me. I think they I might be realize. called ends. No, they might be called ends. So I mean, there might I'm, be like, like in cricket grounds have ends, don't they? So there might be like the Stretford end is still at um, Manchester United, isn't it? But there's not four separate stands. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm struggling to find the names of, uh, of different uh, stands here. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here's one. Uh, okay. They've got the North Bank, East End, West End and Clock End, it says, apparently. The Emirates seating plan. Okay. So, they've the just, Emirates, so they've just, they've just copied, but they're not actually stands, are they? They've just no, copied no. what used to be at the Highbury. Right, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a bit rubbish. So, no, no Chapman, though. No Chapman, no, which is a big surprise. I'm sure they've probably got like some pub in the ground named after him or something like that. I think like it's that. a burger. I think there'd be a Herbert <laughs> burger you could buy. Or there'd be like a, a like a um, one of the bars is named after him, Chapman's Bar, something like that. On the subject of stealing names, um, has anyone ever successfully or unsuccessfully come up with a name like Sunderland and the Stadium of Light. That has to be the worst name. Uh, you had so many, yeah. you had an infinite infinite options and you just copied a random Portuguese stadium. I mean, what? why? Well, and also, I'm sure, oh, I'm sure this is correct. In the Benfica Stadium, uh, which I've been to actually, beautiful stadium, is called the Stadium of Light, I think, because Light is the name of the suburb it's in. Right, okay. It's got nothing to do with <laughs> light. It's just where it is. Whereas obviously the one in Sunderland, I mean, it's just nonsense, isn't it? You, you are one step away from just calling it, yeah, we're going to call it the new camp. Right, yeah, I mean, well, pretty much exactly what they've done, right? Just picked a random, uh, t- yeah. And to be fair to the Sunderland fans, they were so pissed off when that happened. I, re- I seem to remember like a news story, Sunderland fans, going, it's just it's disgusting, which is stolen somebody's name which yeah it's it's, it's not yeah real. I, don't, I don't know how they feel about it now maybe it's uh it just maybe sounds really tacky, doesn't it? well is it still called the stadium of light or is it now like the um the ladbrook stadium of light or something right that's uh, the thing 
How do you feel about uh, has Gillingham ever renamed their stadium? Yeah, yeah, it's the KR, KRBS Priestfield, which is okay. some like local building society. And I mean, well, what? I don't know if it still is, to be fair, but yeah, it's nonsense. I feel like I'm against it, but at the same time, nobody calls. No, I'm guessing. Well, nobody calls it that, do they? I'll go down the KRBS no. <laughs> uh, at the no. weekend. I so I mean, how much? How much? Yeah. It's I mean, I'm surprised. Yet. I'm surprised that um, Paul Scally hasn't gone for um, John Majewski, John Majewski on this and just named it after himself. Right, yeah, he's a bit of an egomaniac, isn't he? Yeah, um, but yeah, well, as far as I'm aware, the Reading lad, he's the only one who's done it, I think, the Reading lad, isn't he? Yes, yeah, oh, the Darlington guy, didn't he? Reynolds Arena. Oh, the Reynolds Arena, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Didn't they have like a 30,000 stadium <laughs> and then dropped out of the Football League? Indeed, indeed. Yeah, very good. So, Mr. Day, to sum up with Arsenal, we've had three (laughs) good facts. There's some absolute crackers. The Huey Lewis and News one, I think, for me, is my my favourite one out of the three. Uh, Rob's got the most bizarre fan on the planet, Mr. Bin Laden. And, um, yeah, so like we say, we're going to have a a lineal title. So, clearly, Arsenal are winning. um, And uh, Aston Villa will have the chance to take the lineal title off the next week. But, I mean, I, I can see Arsenal being the last man standing. By the time we finish the Premier League, it wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal still has a title of the most interesting I, club in English football. I think there'll be a couple of clubs like, I don't know, Palace or Brighton, who it turns out I've got some like mental facts about them <laughs> that just blow it out of the water. Or we'll, right. dis- we'll discover that like Fred West was a big Southampton supporter. Something Ooh, like that. Yeah. Controversial. Could be, could be. Um, but yeah, I, I still think Arsenal are in with a shout, but we'll see. We'll see how that yep. goes. And um, yeah, so Sunday, thank you very much. Um, we will have Aston Villa next week, so stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, thank you from me. Thank you.